0: Welcome back, y'all. I'm excited uh, excited to be here, excited that you're with me again, and genuinely excited that this week I'm doing a much lighter topic. uh last week got a little bit dark, got a little bit too serious for my own liking, so this week uh, I'm gonna brighten it up and gonna go with coffee. Ah, coffee. I can genuinely smell it just just hearing the word. I friggin love it. Uh, I think it's safe to say most of us do. Uh, in fact, I know it's safe to say, uh, because even with the current trend of energy drinks and the not so recent trend of caffeinated sodas, still about sixty four, sixty <clears> four percent <throat> of Americans drink coffee every day. So why are we all hooked on coffee? I, I'm, you know, w- betting here that because nowadays we're all you know overworked and under sleepy sl- sleepied. We're all, you know, we're all under sleepified, and and coffee helps with that. So, so of course we're hooked. Have we always been hooked? Have we always been hooked by necessity? Did did the first people drink coffee because they were overworked? Uh, Well, some of them, absolutely yes. But we'll circle back to that, I promise, uh, when we discuss just who exactly were the first people to drink coffee. Where did coffee come from? How did this little bean? grow to become such a worldwide staple? And why, why do we voluntarily join drive through lines that are seven or eight cars deep just to have some tattooed teenager add chocolate and whipped cream to a bitter bean brew so it's palatable enough to drink 30 ounces of? Well, I've got a few theories. Uh, Obviously, marketing is as strong today as it's ever been, so that helps push the issue. Uh, But I think that commercial's you know, it only helps add to the already growing coffee addiction. I mean, you know, my parents both drank coffee all the time when I was a kid. and I mean, Starbucks didn't even exist yet. So, I mean, it can't be all commercialism's fault. Although, my folks did drink Folgers, and I think we can all sing the jingle. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. The best to powder waking up, Folgers in your kip. Also, according to credible sources uh, that have done actual studies, scientific research, coffee actually helps helps you poop. And since I think modern day, uh, modern folk, we have a collectively horrible diet. I know I do. I know most people I know do. And maybe we all need a, you know, a little bit of help in that department. Um, I mean, obviously, like I said, we're all busier than ever. So, you know, we kind of need a substance that can keep us alert and focused. And I think coffee is that perfect balance of, You know, strong enough to get you through the day, but, uh, you know, not so strong that you're going to lose your teeth like, uh, you know, like with meth. Plus, coffee is a socially acceptable meeting place. So we we gather around coffee shops for things like poetry readings and stand-up comedy and live music and, you know, art houses. You know, coffee has become a social staple. The question is, why? So let's begin at the beginning. But where do we start? Right here. At goofy clown face. So let's go back. Back to the early 15th century, shall we? We're going to be heading to southern Arabia, which is modern-day Yemen. We're heading to the Sufi shrines in Yemen. And uh, if you all haven't been to Yemen before, uh, I want you to know exactly where we're going. Pull up Google Maps because the specific Sufi shrine we're going to is located on 15 Yemen Road in Yemen. Now, that was a stretch (laughs) just to get a friend's reference in, but i got to say, totally worth it. I'll probably do it again if I get the opportunity. Now then, the Sufi shrines. These are real. These are real things, and this is where we truly have the first recorded data that shows coffee being drank as it is today. Uh, These Sufis, honestly, y'all, these were some cool mothers. Uh, You know, maybe cool is the wrong term, uh, because literally, Sufi, translated, means one who wears wool, which just seems... Hot as hell in the times before air conditioning was invented. But these guys are awesome. I like them a lot. Uh, they were essentially, the Sufis, were essentially the original mystics of the Islamic faith. Big on rituals and spiritual phenomenon and, you know, other stuff. They, they sat around drinking coffee and chanting in order to achieve a spiritual-like state, uh, you know, an elevated perception of reality. And this seems awesome to me. Now, in the modern era, it seems kind of mundane. You drink some coffee and you chant. I mean, I get it. But this is the days of pre-internet. Uh, there's, there's no Spotify. I mean, there's certainly not even a radio or a cassette tapes. So, I mean, if you wanted music of any kind at all, you either had to be rich enough to hire a band or, or be in a band yourself. So these dudes, they became group chant experts and coffee Coffee and coffee helped them focus uh through the late nights and early mornings etc just like we all use coffee for coffee helped them focus on their chanting so honestly y'all that's exactly where i'd be back in the day i would absolutely be hanging out at these sufi shrines you know at at least for a few hours until like every one of these dudes had to poop at the same time and we don't have indoor plumbing yet so i mean honestly not nah, gonna bail later but i'll hang out for a bit anyways in the mid 1500s <clears throat> Give or take, Yemen was shipping shipping coffee, you know, via boats to, to a couple different places. But their main port of distribution was called Port Mocha, and I, I honestly always thought Mocha just meant chocolate. But coincidentally, this was the main port in Yemen where they shipped their coffee to places like Istanbul and Aleppo, where their original trade partners. Uh, I'll admit, I've literally never heard of Aleppo. Uh, turns out it's in Syria, but basically they're shipping it all across the Ottoman Empire. It's spreading; coffee is spreading far and fast. Uh, this, because of this, it catches the church attention, and for whatever reason, the church is uh, not a fan, <laughs> not a not a big liking on coffee from the religious authorities. So uh, you know the big wigs from Cairo and Istanbul, genuinely try to ban coffee. They call it a sinful substance. Uh, later on, the Ethiopian Orthodox Church, they also banned coffee. All these people got together. All these religious leaders said, we're, we're done with coffee. It's a sin. I, I don't know why they did it, but eventually they all dropped that nonsense. Because, I mean, I mean, look, come on. If you even want to call coffee a drug, it's it's the least dangerous drug of all time. And I'm not going into religion. Uh, I covered it more than I wanted to last episode. So, look, I'm just going to move along. But uh, go with me here. Imagine if, you know, like if Scientology came out tomorrow and said coffee is the devil. Even somebody in a group as strong as Scientology, if they said coffee is the devil, even they'd be hit with a defamation lawsuit so fast. Their churches would close, and like a week later, all their buildings would reopen as Starbucks, just in time for the new fall-themed pumpkin spice cold brew. So yeah, best I can tell, best anybody can tell, the Ethiopians and the Sudanese folk had it figured out about the 15th century, and the Sufis put it into practice, in the best practice, in my opinion, but you know that's where it started. But the real question is, how did any of these people know what coffee was? You know, why were they even drinking it? How were they drinking it? How many plants had we tried to pour water over first before we settled on this one? Now, believe this if you want, uh, but there are stories of a shepherd. Um, I mean, to be specific, a goat herder in the ninth century who apparently saw his goats eating uh, some red berries, coffee berries, and then later on in the day, the goats started acting erratic and energetic and jumping around. Um Look, I got no evidence to support or reject this theory. I just Googled stuff. You know, what do I know? But it's certainly plausible, I guess. Um, it seems it seems relatively absurd. Honestly, it, it, it seems like something that Jimmy the Rant made up after a few too many drinks one night. You know, he, he gets a little worked up and goes on a rant. And, uh, you know, it might go something like this. Hey, it's your boy, Jimmy the Rant. Look, believe what you want, but I know what I'm talking about here. I have it on good authority. My Uncle Sylvester knew a guy who knew a guy back in his army days who was originally from Nepal. And he says, a goat herder in the 9th century named Marjani, that's right, give the man the respect he deserves. Put some speck on that name, Marjani, the godfather of all coffee. Marjani saw his flock eating these berries and then they went all crazy. And you know what Marjani did? He had a marjorific Marjani idea. He was all, Hey, uh, guess I'll eat some of these too and see what happens. YOLO, am I right? No, Jim, what the hell? Is- Whatever, you don't get it like my main man Marge here. So he ate these berries. But they don't taste too good, eh? And, you know, the pits are kind of... They don't really chew that good. And, you know, dentistry wasn't super popular back in the day. And my man Margarine Toast didn't want to lose his teeth just to get a buzz. Not like my Aunt Shirley. She smoked so much crack, she lost all her teeth in a couple of years. Look, look kids, don't smoke crack. Because it's going to... Jim, what are we talking... Right, right, right. I hear you. So, my Johnny, a.k.a. the Godfather, a.k.a. the Coffee Father a.k.a. on her Majesty's secret service, he added water. You know, water. Like the Little Mermaid says, water is the necessities of the ocean. Jimmy, what the hell are you talking about, man? The Little Mermaid didn't say anything. You know, like the Little Mermaid, when she's sitting in that bar after spending all day working in the coal mines with a family. What? Wait, dude, do you mean... Do you mean Zoolander? And like the commercial came on when he's like a a mermaid in the TV at the bar. Yeah, yeah, you know my Johnny, the little mermaid. He says that water is the essential oils of wetness. So he added water to those coffee beans and he drank it. And soon after, old large Marge was feeling pretty good and pretty hyper. So he ran around telling everyone about his new drink and how they all need to start drinking coffee. Look, Jimmy. I, I honestly I can't even argue with you. I don't even know. Sure, that's I'm sure that's exactly how it went. Whatever, man. Thanks. One way or the other, y'all. It spread. It spread throughout Africa, and made its way north, uh, and by the 16th century, we have records that uh, the small European European island of Malta started drinking coffee. Um, not because they were trading for it. Not because uh, you know that, that uh, on the up and up, dudes were like, "Hey, you guys should start drinking this." Uh, Malta. Is a small island that was known for their slaves, and they noticed that a lot of their slaves were drinking this, you know, brown water. And they, you know, started asking questions and figured out what the hell it is. And it's like, oh, hey, it gives you guys energy to keep, you know, doing slave stuff, which circling back right here uh, supports my theory of humans drinking coffee because, you know, we're hooked by necessity. I mean, I need two to three cups a day just to do my desk job. If I was a slave, I mean, besides the fact that I'm, I would be the worst slave ever. I'm pretty lazy and useless in, in any day life, but you start whipping me and Anyways, I'd need like 12 cups a day to be a Maltese slave. Just my point. All I'm saying, they all drank it because they literally had to. So, anyways, Venice in North Africa had a good trade relationship with Malta. So the coffee started pouring in. I mean, you know, <laughs> literally. Uh, Malta, hept, Malta helped spread coffee throughout Europe. Uh, you know, basically started trading with everybody. England got it around 1583 via the British East Indian Trade Company and the Dutch East Indian Trade Company. Uh, England grabbed so quickly to coffee that in 1654 a coffee house in Oxford opened. Uh, it's called the Queen's Lane Coffee House. Point is, it's still there today. That's how strong a hold coffee has on society. You you open up a coffee house in England almost 500 years ago, and it's still there. Regardless of societal change, I mean, it supported itself for hundreds on hundreds of years. Kings and queens have come and went, economic ups and downs, so, so many wars and revolts, power shifts, yet no matter what, that coffee shop is still slinging beans throughout all of it. Australia and America both got coffee in the late 1700s, uh, the aussies obviously english descendants they were a nation of mostly tea drinkers so they didn't really you know they, they didn't really take a shine to coffee until like give or take the early 1900s uh americans who also english descendants um were mostly tea drinkers but Thanks to the Boston Tea Party, Americans largely made the switch as a way to band together against England and their, you know, their fruity little English teas. We're America. We want our coffee. We want it strong. We want it black. Hey, that's what she said. You know what I'm saying? Jim, I swear to Marjani, I will end you. Get out of here. Nowadays in America, essentially two out of three people drink coffee every day. By contrast, only one out of three drink alcohol every day. Now, the difference here, uh, you know the, the, the numbers, the, the chart uh, gets a skewed a bit because coffee drinkers average about three cups a day, you know, give or take along the lines of different ages and the stages and yada, yada, but. with alcohol drinkers, um, the heavier drinkers go a bit further. Uh, fun fact. 10% of Americans have 11 or more drinks a day. That That is staggering. Basically, 1 in 10 Americans averages a 12-pack a night. You know, give or take. That's a lot. I, I doubt m- really any people are drinking 12 cups of coffee a day. You know, except hypothetical me as a multi-slave. But regardless, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a whole lot. But anyways... We are addicted to coffee uh, as a nation. I think it's clear, at least to me, that we are. We're genuinely we're hooked. Think of this. Name the things, list out the things that you can buy via drive-through. It's a small list, and it's all stuff we don't need. There's no like drive-through license renewal at the DMV. It's all just garbage like fast food, and there's certain convenience stores where you, can, you know, you can drive through and get like soda and twinkies and cigarettes. It's all garbage. And you know, even some towns, uh, they have drive-through liquor stores. I mean I've been to one in Austin, Texas, I've been to one in Redfield, South Dakota. I mean these are all the, the idea of things you can get in the drive-through is all just garbage. But every town. And I do mean every town has a Starbucks or some drive-through coffee place. So I think the word "addiction" is appropriate. We are addicted. There's no question. I mean think about it, cigarettes are considered to be one of the most addicting things ever. I mean, certainly top 10, no debate. Cigarettes are addicting. But even still, according to worldatlas.com, only 15% of Americans smoke cigarettes. Uh, Same with Canada and England, 15% as well are smokers. Mexico uh, comes in at 9% of the population that smoke. Russia, a whopping 40% smoke cigarettes. And uh, (laughs) the world's highest percent of smokers is the People's Republic of Kiribati. Kiribati? I don't know. But the People's Republic of Kiribati, 52% of the population smoke every day. 52% smoke the chemically altered, super addictive, that thing, if I don't smoke one right now, I'm going to snap and I'll punch an old woman just to get my nick fix 52% 52% and still 64% of Americans drink coffee every day. Also, I have no research to back this up, but I would bet you everything that at least like 75% of people who smoke cigarettes also drink coffee, but that's beside the point. 52%, 52% smoke every day. And that's in the one country that's the most on earth, which is well less than 64% of Americans that drink coffee and America isn't even top 20 country in the world that drink coffee not even kidding we're not even the top 20. the number one most coffee drinkingest nation is finland with 12 kilograms of coffee drank per person per year that's 26 pounds of coffee per person per year which is crazy y'all 26 pounds of coffee each year per human being, that I, I can't get over that. Anyways, the rest of the top ten of you know coffee drinking folk, they're all frozen European countries: Norway, Iceland, Denmark, etc. You know, I, I imagine they're just happy to hold something warm in their hands. Uh, rounding out the top ten is Canada, our dear friend. Uh, they are at 6.2 kilograms, or roughly 14 pounds, uh, of coffee per person per year. That's still one pound of coffee more than one. Per month per person, that is a ton of coffee. Also, I know Canada isn't actually European technically, but I mean, come on. In terms, you know, of culture, Canada fits into Euroland way better than it does a world. You you know that. Um, surprisingly, however, Brazil comes in pretty low on this list. I mean, at least to me, what do I know? Brazil's only fifteenth uh, on the top twenty of most drinkingest coffeeishiestest per capita. However, they are by far easily number one on the most coffee produced. Brazil exports 5.7 billion pounds of coffee every year. I, I can't come up with a metaphor, you know, good enough to illustrate how heavy that is, how much coffee that genuinely is. Like it, okay, it's like, to illustrate how heavy 5.7 billion pounds is, it's like if you take 100 elephants and stack them on top of each other. Then add another 5.6 billion pounds. That's how much coffee... I know y'all come here for the math, so you're welcome, but point is, ton of coffee. Like, that's, I can't... 5.7 billion... Anyways, as an aside here, uh, neither list of the top 20 most drinkingest, coffeeest countries or even the top 10 most coffee exported countries, neither list includes the united states and i realized how spoiled i am as an american because i didn't see them on there and i was genuinely offended that there wasn't like you know like an asterisk at the bottom saying where america ranked like (laughs) like you know the article left out literally 174 countries 174 meanwhile i'm sitting here as an american going i don't give two coffee shits about any one of them where's america How dare you not tell me where America lands on this? Like, we could be 173rd, and I wouldn't even know. I'm just pissed off they didn't tell me. Meanwhile, they didn't actually even include, you know, Malta. (laughs) But I guess they don't give a shit. Moving on. America does make a list. Uh, We are number two on the list of countries with the most Starbucks per capita. Uh, We have 41 Starbucks per 1 million people. The only country that beat us uh, in the per capita Starbucks race is Monaco, which has on average of 52 locations per 1 million people. Here's one issue though, uh, kind of skews that whole per capita thing. Monaco only has 39,000 people. So they have literally two Starbucks two, and that extrapolates to 52 locations per million. Uh, bullshit. I'm making an executive decision here. America has 327 million people. We have the most Starbucks. (laughs) We have 14,000 Starbucks. So sorry, Monaco, we win this one. Anyways, why is Starbucks and by extension, coffee so popular? Well, as an American, it seems like everywhere we turn, there's an ad for coffee. It's on TV all the time, it's on radio all the time. There's a Starbucks on just about every corner. Even, even McDonald's and Burger King are selling fancy, you know, sugared up coffees now. And for those of you that are listening, uh, that are, you know, under the age of 21, all none of you, McDonald's didn't always sell fancy coffees. That's just in response to the recent absurdly high demand for coffee worldwide. But I mean, clearly we've been drinking coffee and shipping it around the world Long before the McDonald's brothers got screwed by Ray Kroc. Side note: Google that. That's super interesting. Just if you really want want to jump into a rabbit hole, Ray Kroc ruined those poor dudes and is now a billionaire because of it. But that's not my point. McDonald's and the like are not great for our collective diets. Um, We all eat garbage. It's just a fact. There, there are so many brands of chips and flavors of chips and terrible foods triple bacon cheeseburgers gimme i'm not even kidding i used to live on triple bacon cheeseburgers from wendy's they are my if i had to do now i guess i'm had the baconator now but i'm talking 12 years ago point is we all eat garbage i love eating garbage and coffee does in fact make you poop uh this is according to the washington post a publication I've never read, but uh, I'll admit I always assumed it did more highbrow material than coffee poop research. But uh, anyways, according to them, there have been many studies on coffee's laxative effects. Um, I think this says a lot about print media in the modern era, y'all, and why publications such as these are, are just falling apart at the seams. Like you're really doing, you're really doing how does coffee make you poop research. But anyways, I think it says even more about the doctors that are running these trials. Sure, they could be, you know, spending time trying to learn how to remove oil from salt water to help with ocean tanker spills, or you know, they could be researching how to make self-driving cars safer to, you know, help stop drunk driving accidents from happening in the future. But instead, they chose to study people's bowels, and I'm glad they did, because in these studies, they found that coffee stimulates the distal colon, which basically is the last section of your colon, uh, which obviously helps you poop, right? Maybe. Well, not necessarily. Uh, this is where people who study poop, a.k.a. poople, this is where they disagree. Some of these poo-poo dudes thinks it's the caffeine from coffee that stimulates your urge to purge. But other research shows that even decaf coffee works as a, as a breakfast exit strategy, a.k.a. Brexit strategy. Get, get it? you guys? Brexit. Breakfast exit. It's Brexit. You guys get it? So I got to say... I. I do believe uh, the, the secondary people because if decaf coffee you know, makes you do what it does, then, I mean, why doesn't caffeinated soda do-do what coffee does do-do? So what else in coffee does the trick? Why is it that even decaf uh, does help you go? Some studies have shown that uh, coffee stimulates certain hormones in the body. Specifically, and I'm not going to mess these names up, gastrin and cholecysticonin. No idea. Anyways, those two are known to stimulate colon activity as well. Um, still other research shows that it's the acidity of coffee that greases the wheels, so to speak. And look, pick whatever theory you want. But uh, research has shown, and a lot of studies have shown, apparently there's a lot of people do this. I'm stunned. The more I look this up, the more I'm just blown away that everybody else cares about this shit. But anyways, only one in three people are actually... You know, affected by coffee's ability to push earthing out the, uh, the, old, the old chute, the old, you know, Brown Town Highway. Um, but regardless, I guess that might help some people with their uh, McDonald's irregularity, but admittedly not enough to explain the global popularity. So, yet again, one of my initial assumptions are wrong. Uh, but best I can tell, I might actually have an answer on this episode. It'd be the first one, one out of four. Uh, way back, back in the day, water wasn't clean everywhere. In fact, it was uh, pretty dirty. So for a while, people genuinely drank beer, even first thing in the morning, just because it was cleaner than water. And then folks started coming around, that you know, after they, they did, I don't know if they even realized it, but when they boil their water for coffee, that coffee was cleaner than just plain water. So it became a morning time staple. You know, it was cleaner, but also not everybody wanted to get a beer buzz going at 8 a.m. And, you know, the, the, the caffeine buzz helps spring forward your day. So so this took root hundreds on hundreds, if not thousands of years ago because it, you know, was a way to help start your day. And as we've covered, the best part of waking up, in your care. Pie. It's a clever slogan. But it also points to a deeper issue. Nobody wants to wake up. I don't. I don't want to get out of bed at all. I mean, sure, it's the same struggles as always. I mean, nobody loves their job that much that they're jumping out of bed first thing and the want can't wait to get going. So maybe helping, you know, a little bit helping just like, all right, I guess there'll be coffee. There'll be something that helps keep me going. Like That does kind of help you get out of bed. Also, uh, fact is we do sleep less as a people today than we did, uh, in the past, Uh, according to a Gallup poll in 1942, 60% of people got at least eight hours sleep per night in the 2010s, roughly 35% get eight hours or more a night. That's almost half 60% to 35% is an incredible drop off. So how do we make up for that? By drinking coffee or five hours, or Red Bulls, or whatever. But coffee seems to be the main choice. In America, in the 40s, specifically during the war effort, coffee was rationed to as little as one pound per person every six weeks. Nowadays, worldwide, people consume eight pounds of coffee every six weeks. Eight times what it was back in the 40s. Because we have to. We are all tired. And because, the best part of waking up, at least when you're not shooting Nazis, is Folgers in your cup. Now, I've i referenced Folgers multiple times because they have spent a ton of money on their ad campaigns. Up until recently, actually, they're actually starting to decline, but that's a different topic altogether. They spent tens of thousands of dollars, and that's back in the day, tens of thousands of dollars. Why did they do this? Because they knew what I only learned yesterday. They knew then that every year over 400 billion cups of coffee are sold. 400 billion. There are only seven billion people in the world. Only seven billion drinking collectively 400 billion cups of coffee. That means every person drinks 57 cups a year. That means including newborn infant children, even they, everyone, drinks one cup of coffee a week. Now, again, I know that's not how math works, but that is how it rounds out. We drink a ton of coffee. And like, that's it. Speaking of newborns, parents are tired. Everybody's tired. We don't sleep. It's been proven. We, we, have, we sleep less now than we did 80 years ago. So we need caffeine. We eat horribly. We eat terribly and a lot. So we need help expelling that. Plus, coffee is perfect from a sales point of view. It can be tailored to just about anyone. Even people who don't like the taste of coffee. You can make it sweet and creamy. You can basically make a coffee milkshake. If it's cold outside, you can brew a nice hot cup of coffee. If it's hot outside, you can make an iced coffee. You can add cinnamon, chocolate chips, hazelnut, dozens of flavors. Coffee is the most marketable product in the world. So it is it's literally become the most popular drink on earth. We're all addicted because we're all overworked. I mean, you know, not by comparison to the slaves in Malta, but still, we're all overworked and so we're hooked because we're moving faster than ever. And since we're not slowing down anytime soon, I'm willing to bet we're all going to be drinking coffee forever. But you know, what do I know? So that's it. Uh yeah, hopefully y'all enjoyed uh this this episode being a little bit uh a little bit lighter than last week. Uh yeah, I I feel like that was I mean like I, I, maybe I'll get, you know, a couple of heavy ones, a couple of light ones, back and forth, all that, whatever. But uh, you know, I felt this one was gonna be a little bit more fun, a little bit more lighthearted. And uh yeah, you know, it's coffee, man. Who doesn't who doesn't drink coffee? Everybody I know literally everybody I know drink coffee, and if they don't drink coffee, they drink some form of caffeinated beverage that keeps you going. So hopefully this uh this resonated with you. Hopefully you enjoyed it. If you did, thank you. Uh, I still don't have a Twitter or Facebook or anything for this nonsense, so there's no need for you to like or subscribe or any of that stuff, but just that you listened at all. I do appreciate it. So thank you for your time, and uh, yeah, see you next time. Have a good one.